Yes. This is Terry. I'm <laughs> smooth. She just told me, she's like, you're always ready. And I'm like, no, not always. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror notebook to corrupt one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices, spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the, the final, final girl. girl. Hi, welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. I'm Terry. I'm Julia. And this week we're talking about 2018's Annihilation. Annihilation. Uh, this film's tagline is Fear What's Inside. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty accurate. Uh, and this movie was made for $40 million. That looks right. It made $32 million. Which makes me very, very sad because this movie's fucking rad and I'm very sad it didn't make a billion dollars. I think that's what I heard is like it was like a shame that at the box of people like just go see it. It's really, yeah. really great. And it's correct. It's really, really great. Um, um, so this is based on the novel by uh, Jeff Vandermeer mm-hmm. uh, as part of a trilogy. Uh, and then it is the, the it is adapted for the screen and written and directed by Alex Garland. Right. Um, so... My story about Annihilation. So I've seen Annihilation three and a half times. Oh, shoot. So this is what I got annihilated (laughs) at Annihilation. I went to go see Annihilation in the theater and I took an edible before I went. And it was, I have never been so sick. It was way, 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 way too much. I was on my hands and knees, like being sick in the theater and then couldn't leave. I was so incredibly overwhelmed that like the distance to the bathroom was like insurmountable. So I ended up having to just sit in the seat, but I was like plastered crazily all far back in the seat, all weird. And I couldn't open my eyes because it was too much. And the sound, this movie, think about how auditorily aggressive this movie is and having to listen to this movie would have died and not know what's happening i would have thought i was dying yeah it was horrible that's like i've definitely had that moment Mm -hmm. you know where i was like oh it's it was too much and this is the problem sometimes um we love legal things in california and a lot of wonderful places but sometimes the dose is too much I was destroyed. So it was so crazy. This movie was terrifying on an auditory level, especially when you're on way too much drugs. Um, and but then also fascinating to go back and see it again and be like, okay, that's what was happening in that moment. I had no idea. I was just making it up with horrible images in my mind. So you probably made it worse than what it was. Oh, yeah. I did. Wow. No, I don't know if I could have imagined the bear. I don't know if I could have imagined that one. That one I had no that idea. That was creepy as hell. We're going to get to that Let's bear. Let's do it. Um, but first... Mm-hmm. Some alternate universe casting. Ooh, who, who, who? So for Ventress, uh, which is played by Jennifer Jason Lee in the film. Who we love. We do love. Back from Sister, Sister. I oh, was yeah. Like, it's like seeing her at the beginning of career to like now. Yeah. I was like, yes. She's always been good. So intense. She's always good at intensity. Uh, so we could have had mm-hmm. uh, Frances McDormand. Oh, perfect. She would have been great too. Julianne Moore. Oh, yeah. Or Tilda Swinton. Oh. <gasps> Can you I just got goosebumps around my whole body hearing that name. <laughs> Literally, my leg hair just stood up. I just felt them. I'm like, oh. 
Tilda Swinton. Um, also because I just recently went to Edinburgh to the Fringe Festival and my dear friend Tommy Lank, shout out to you, Tommy Lank, um, who was uh, a regular on Buffy back in the day, the Vampire Slayer, um, is playing Tilda Swinton, answers a Craigslist ad. Um, he just got a shout out from Graham Norton, who went to see him in the show and tweeted about him wow. being amazing in it as Tilda. But I told him as soon as I, we met her after Suspiria, um, he was the first person I messaged about her. And oh, so as you should. We're obsessed. I could not. Oh my God. She I would, would be just, so great. I would just like to see her as like a badass with a gun. Like that's not, not... Well, just to see her eyes against that color scape and oh, that yeah. face. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining it now. I'm living for it. Oh, she would have been great. Uh, so we open on Natalie Portman, who is mm-hmm. sitting in a quarantine looking room in uh, all in white uh, scrubs surrounded by everybody in gas hazmat outfits. And I was like, oh, no, that's never a good sign when everyone else is in hazmat and you're not. And I just put questioned and quarantined. And every time in the movie, we're going to come back to that because we're getting kind of like the beginning at the end to kind of a, a moment here. Right. And I was like, oh, no, anytime we get to the Q and Q question and quarantine moment, that's that's never a good moment. And they, you know, they ask first question they ask is what what did you eat? You had rations for two weeks and you were gone for four months. She doesn't remember eating and she only thinks she was in there for a couple of days. She has no sense of time. Um, mm-hmm. And we get the ever popular beginning of the uh, of a alien something crashing to Earth. Yeah, to this like lighthouse over by this beautiful seascape. This is like a stunning shot. And I was like, "Ooh, lighthouse, pretty." And then I was like, "Oh, uh-uh. maybe not." And then we cut back in time to earlier. So she's trying to tell, and so we're getting like these flashes, flashbacks, basically, of uh, Natalie Portman's character Lena in a lecture hall, lecturing some students about cells. She is a biology professor mm-hmm. at John Hopkins University, and is telling us how cell division works and how all cells came from one cell four billion years ago. And yes, they divide and keep dividing. And she talks about the structure of everything, and uh, you know the atoms and the cells division. Um, talking about cancer cell research too, something that they're looking at, looking at mutations. So she's really well versed in uh, what mutations look like. Uh, we meet uh, Dan, who is one of her co-workers, a co-professor, and they have a bit of a strange exchange. You can the tell there's some, a little weird, a little strange. Something's been going on and he's inviting her to a barbecue and she says she's not comfortable going and he tells her it's been a year. Well, she's like, well, we, I mean, I'm going to paint our, I mean, the... Bedroom. bedroom and you're like oh she's lost somebody is what you get right away and she's not willing to open up to anybody about it and so she's up in the bedroom and she's painting the bedroom um and all of a sudden we see somebody come into the frame at the bottom of the stairs from mm-hmm. the back and you go okay <gasps> like this? who is this what's going on and then she like come crumbles to pieces basically and it's <gasps> her husband her Kane. husband Kane. By the gorgeous Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron. Who, by the way, was filming this movie and Star Wars at the same time at the same set, like the same studio. So it would go back and forth between the movies on some days, which I can't imagine how you even do that. Go from Poe Dameron to this. Oscar Isaac. No problem. He's like, I could do that. 
an intense day on either side. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to be like this military guy over here and, and this a military, military guy, guy over, over there? there? Sure. Kind of works out. Yeah, I got it. Uh, but he shows up and she, you know, she, she breaks down and she hugs him, but he looks very pale and stiff and strange and he's not reacting to her. Um, and they just cut to him sitting at the kitchen table looking very out of place. Yeah. And like, so she's like, can you not tell me? She's grilling him now. She was like, where have you been? It's been a whole year. Like, where the fuck is usually before missions and after? Because he's been a covert. You get he's a covert military guy. And they joined. Mm-hmm. They met in the army, so they're both military. So she she's been yeah, asking she's in in military where like no one knew what happened to your unit. Been it, asking the commanding officer, like trying to get in touch with the CO. They she has no information. He's not giving her anything. But it's not, it doesn't seem like he's withholding information. It just seems like he doesn't know. He genuinely looks like out of it, like out of it. So she finally realizes she's taken it too, too, too quick. So like sits mm-hmm. down to hold his hand and like, this is okay. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. Gives him some water. He takes a drink of water and puts it back down. There's just this blood, blood in the glass and just says, I don't feel so well. Cut to him in the ambulance, just coughing up blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I remember hemorrhaging. opening my eyes briefly for this mm-hmm. in the film. And then I was like, nope. Mm-mm. And then that was a close for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like nope too much too much <laughs> yeah that's probably a bad idea but then as they're riding on the ambulance and she they're you know she's talking to him and yelling at the you know paramedics trying to make sure he's okay and just being like can you help him right now they get basically ambushed by these like SWAT looking like special forces guys and it doesn't say SWAT on the side it's just everything is covered in black and it looks like I was like ooh that's never good when the guy's all dressed in black come and grab you. Yeah, steal your husband away on the ambulance while he's coughing up blood. And, and then we get a cut to Area X. Yes. That's what the Chiron says on the screen. I was like, oh, Area X, what is that? Lena wakes up and she's in, looks like a, some sort of cell. She's wearing like a prison orange mm-hmm. uh, and starts throwing up because they had stabbed her in the neck with a pen and like knocked her out. And Ventress comes in, played by Jennifer Jason Leigh. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does such a strange character with this character. Like, you know, she seems quite nefarious, but just odd. She just seems like a... a she's detached. Yeah. She seems very detached. And she's um, she's playing the psychologist. And so she is very pointed with how she asks things. And it's really off-putting. But Lena's so smart. So she, you know, immediately mm-hmm. she says she's a psychologist. Like, why am I talking to a psychologist? Am I mm-hmm. in a mental institution? Like, where am I? Where am I? Where mm-hmm. is my husband? And, but Ventress is kind of she's batting like, these just, questions yeah, away. She's like, you're, it's the sedative that's making you feel a little disoriented that we gave you. And mentions that, oh, mm-hmm. you happen to be a, a, a doctor who specializes in genetically programmed life of a cell. How interesting. And you used to be in the military. How interesting. Uh, but then tells her that your husband is dying basically has mm-hmm. mental, multiple or- organ failure massive internal bleeding and lana wants to know where he was we, there must have been some radiation there must have been something that made him sick like what made him mm-hmm. sick so ventress goes to show her what made him sick it's the shimmer i love this effect so much i could watch the shimmer endlessly it's so beautiful uh, it's so you you love a prism kind of situation yeah. and like Ooh, so pretty like it feels like when we went to like the Lazarium and like watched like the light shows yeah, or something that like old that. Old school 70s yeah, Lazarium in Van Nuys. That place yes. is bitching. Yeah, I love that this place is um the the shimmer is so gorgeous and that's what's so great about it is like it's mm-hmm. this horrible deadly thing that's killing people but it's also so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You can't really and I because so many 
almost all alien movies go for the They're gross and weird, gross and weird. And I'm mm-hmm. like, good for you to like go a different. It can still make be deadly, gorgeous. yeah, but it's still, but it's still, but make it fashion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she just did this little hand flip. I wish you guys could have seen it. It was very great. So they, you know, so she says, well, we don't know what this is. It's expanding, and it's like it's gonna eventually. It's gone over some swampland, and they don't know what it is, and they know that things go in there, but they do not. Come, come back. They said we sent in drones and people and animals and nothing comes back. The only thing that's returned is your husband. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? And the, the you know, the, and the, there's also a lot of um, really great back and forth in this film. You get the kind of flashbacks where you're getting enough character development to understand who Lena is and what her relationships mm-hmm. is with Kane. Um, and they have this great f- flashback of them. I think my favorite flashback of them in mm-hmm. bed together. And there's a little pillow talk moment. Little pillow talk, And they're mm-hmm. so sweet together. And they can tell that they're kind of a Mitch Batch pair because she's so academic and he's so not, but they just yep. kind of love each other so much. And they have this conversation about, um, he talks about talking about seeing the moon in the daylight and how mm-hmm. she thinks that's like a God making a mistake. And he says, God doesn't make mistakes. And she says, actually, if you program a, the, we are program, our DNA is fl- flawed, that we age as it's a mistake and that mm-hmm. you can actually force a cell to become immortal. So who's to say what? that is um but then i think that the movie this is like the the crux of the movie for me is like the, mm-hmm. they have this moment where she won't she knows that he's leaving doesn't know where so he's right going before he's about to go on the mission and he, he says, hasn't told her where the silence going. around it's louder than usual something's unusual about it and mm-hmm. he says well we'll be under the same hemisphere and she says what does that mean he says well you can, we can look up at the moon and there's this break where she's like wait wait, wait. you think i'm gonna go outside and look at the moon and like wait for you pine she for you that's what i do you're when my you're big away. you're my big hero that that's all this is and i'm like Go right on. So we have this, you know, right. Mm-hmm. You have this movie where you have a woman soldier scientist who is going to save the day, who is going to save her husband. And like, this is, she's what like, I'm it, not sitting around for anything. No. I'm going to make things happen. And that's how, you know, she is driven. Yes. And you also get in this conversation when we cut back with, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, they, she's asking specifically, you stopped contacting us six months ago. Cause for the first six months he was gone. She was like, where is he? Where is he? What's going on? What's going on? And then she stopped all of a sudden. So that may come back later too. Oh Yes. Why did mm-hmm. she stop? Mm-hmm. Um, so she meets uh, Anya mm-hmm. and Cassie and Josie, who are uh, these other ladies on, about to go on a mission into the Shimmer. Who play by Gina Rodriguez, Tuva Novati, and Tessa Thompson, who are a all group amazing, of, all amazing, and a group of female scientists mm-hmm. who are going to go into the Shimmer, and In they all have days. their specific tasks. Uh, Anya is a paramedic, and Cassie is a geomorphologist, and Josie is a physicist, mm-hmm. and then you have Ventress, who's a psychologist, and now we have a, a biologist. biologist. <gasps> huh, was it an accident that she was brought here? Hmm. No, I think not. I think maybe that's who they really wanted. Yep. So they talk about what do they think is in the shimmer. And they said that Anya says she has two theories is one, something kills them. And two, they go crazy and kill each other. Yep. So it's one or the other, not real good odds. And now they're about to go in. So great. And, and they talk about, you know, there's, oh, there's this one guy who made it out, but look what the state he's in. And then that kind of break, brings the mood down. But Lena doesn't say, hey, doesn't divulge, hey, that happens to be my husband that came back. And, and, you know, of course, this is, I like that Lena is such a flawed and kind of unsympathetic character. She makes a lot of kind of selfish choices. And I know she's trying to right her wrong with what she does here, but it's also not telling, you know, I know it comes into play later, Mm -hmm. but just that, that moment of not saying that such a strange character choice. And you go, Hey, Hey, 
No, but I think also she's really protective and too. doesn't know who where these people stand, right, where they who stand. They are. Because if you did, if she did divulge that, they would have a different conversation with her. Right now, they're talking with her as like an equal scientist, but then if they think she has this kind of stake in this, do you know what I mean? Though right. I feel like they would definitely have a different conversation with her. So, uh, I think she already has made up her mind that she wants to go. Oh yeah. And Lena tells Dr. Mm-hmm. Mentor she wants to go in because mm-hmm. she feels like she owes, she owes him Kane, mm-hmm. um, and asks what, why Ventress wants to go in. And she says, I'm supposed to go in, we'll reach the lighthouse where we require some data where we'll come back. But you know, why does she really want to go in? And she, she just wants to know what's inside. She's been watching all these, all these things go in. go in and nothing comes out. I want to know. I have to know. Mm-hmm. And it's that already that moment we're like, Ooh, that's that like, scientist who wants the Nobel Prize moment where you're like, you don't, that's, you're too far already. I totally thought it's, about you for that. I was like, oh, it's the scientist yeah. going too far. That's another horror movie survival guide trope that we've noticed is that when the scientist wants the Nobel Prize or they have that mad scientist or they want to find the thing that no one else has ever done before. Yes. And go beyond the limits that's happened in the descent even too. Yeah. You know, it's like you want to go beyond the limits and discover something. You got to be it's careful with that. all going to go badly. Going beyond the limits sometimes. There's a reason people haven't gone beyond the limit. So uh, let's go to the shimmer. They yep, walk they on in the shimmer, but all of a sudden you get like a weird cut to Lena, like having her affair. You realize she did was having an affair with Dan, her coworker, and you see her like in the midst of like lovemaking with him. But then she wakes up alone in her tent inside the shimmer. Yes. So she gets out and she's walking around. She's really disoriented. It and looks like no one's near her at first. And I was like, oh shit. Like she you by go herself in there, by yourself. Yeah. But then she hears, uh, Anya and Cassie talking and she goes over and they said, we've been here for looking at the food. Like we've been here three or four days based on rations. Nobody remembers setting up tent. We've this it's just blank. They have no memory and the compass doesn't work. They say they have the no, comms are down. Yep. No coordinates, no landmarks, no nothing. And but Ventress is just like, meh, we didn't we think that. we didn't think it was gonna work anyway, so let's just go. Mm-hmm. And she's so just beelining it. Like she has no and she's she's very almost like masculine as a character. Like she has no emotional She's not attached in that way. She mm-hmm. just wants to get to the lighthouse because she's been watching, like she said, for forever, watching people go in. And she's like, I just want to make sure we fulfill the mission. And yeah. she is, that's all she's, all business and all mission. So they decide, we'll, we'll, we'll just head south. We'll hit the, we'll hit the ocean. You follow the shoreline. You hit mm-hmm. the lighthouse. It won't You're be a problem. You're using the sun to try to use as your natural compass. And so, um, so they head yeah. on in. And so they find some, um, a swamp shack. Yeah, a beautiful swamp shack with these gorgeous flowers. And so there's all these like flowers and um, they, as uh, Lena looks closely, she realizes they're all coming from the same type of branch, but it's multiple different types of flowers. So this is the beginning of seeing things that are mutated. So they said these flowers couldn't, couldn't come from the same branch, but they all do come from the same branch. Mm -hmm. So what could it possibly be? Um, And then Josie is pulled back into the swamp shack by something unseen, pulled into the water by her backpack and freaks the fuck out. And it is terrifying. So they go grab her out of the shack and this big ass weird gator thing comes out of there and it's this big ass swamp gator. And I was like, ah, but you look inside that swamp gator's mouth and it's got weird multiple rows of teeth, shark teeth, like shark teeth in the middle of it. It's like this thing. They're like, is it crossbred? And Lena's taking samples of this thing. Once they kill it, she shoots it guns it like a, like a soldier and this is the moment though can we just give mad shout out natalie portman like we, she's so delicate and she's so dainty and she plays all these very prim characters and you're like you watch her shoot a shoot a machine gun in slow motion and you're like god fucking damn natalie portman no you're she knows how to do it all she knows how to do it all i love her so much 
She's awesome. Yeah, she's so badass. So she shoots that gator down in the face. The crocker shark. Yeah, the crocker shark. And so she takes samples of it and talks about the mutations and how that's not normal. They're like, could it have been a crossbreed? They're like, you can't crossbreed species like this. this no, that's not impossible. how genetics it's work. not how it works. This is a full-on mutation, and they're but, trying to figure out how it works. But you also see in this first encounter, like, mm-hmm. what, how unprepared they are without her. That, like, if she had not been there, they would have all, all been, been done. Like, yep. Anya tries to shoot it, and the gun jams, and it's all this just kind of mess of Mm -hmm. scientists trying to be soldiers and now they have someone who can actually fight but she's there to really like look into the matter be like okay Mm -hmm. how can we how can we find out what's doing the mission and like i think ventress knew that which is why she got her there um so they're starting to see what they call corruptions of form is what she calls it and duplicates and echoes as they get closer to the lighthouse things are changing and morphing some parts feel dreamlike or slash nightmarish sometimes it's really beautiful and they're as they're going down the bayou basically like um I'm stroking like I've got a canoe me like or you're, something. like, like, like you're Tom I'm Sawyer I'm totally Tom Sawyer <laughs> rowing down this this bayou right now but um, I, I really like this mm-hmm. scene cuz you finally get a little bit of backstory and just right. like the kind of backstory you need on this mission because mm-hmm. Cassie asked Lane, like why are you here obviously this is kind of a suicide mission so like what are you doing here because we mm-hmm. all have reasons to yeah, be here Anya's sober she says Josie's um, got scars on her forearm so she's had her moments of being suicidal but she says mm-hmm. no, but she says that she asked that she says mm-hmm. are, oh did she try to kill herself and Cassie says no she's trying to feel alive that's what it was and I was like alright that's interesting yep. um, and then Shepard's lost her daughter um, and Ventress, they weren't sure about it, but, but they, I think Lena's got an idea. Yeah. But she also, they said, she says she has no one. She has no friends or no family. friends or family. But Lena also tells Cassie that her husband was killed in action. So mm-hmm. the lie continues on that front. But as far as she knows, it felt like she died because he's, he's not kinda, doing well. Yeah, he's dying dead. right now. Uh, so they find Fort Amaya, mm-hmm, uh, old headquarters, which is the old headquarters. And they find, um, the mess hall where it looks like there's camp mm-hmm. set up but but not outside recently. of that they see the mutations as well on yes. the wall and they're talking about how it looks like it's malignant and like it's got cancer it's like tumors that are growing mm-hmm. in the can in a plant form um so they find an old video a memory card in a video mm-hmm. uh in a bag marked for those that follow and watching the watch they watch the video so this is the point as me in my edible haze hearing this horrible moment oh god no was the worst so what what you see and what you see is terrible but like when you just hear it i mean i don't even want my, to it's my annihilation challenge do you want to like watch this movie nope. just with your eyes closed? no nope. i do not um so the what we see on the on the tape is uh kane not on drugs mm-hmm. kane uh, uh lena's husband uh cutting open the stomach of another person and finding worms inside it looks like the intestines are just moving like racing tracks you know next to each other do you know what i mean puts his hand in there and like one runs over his hand and then like looks into the camera and like it's the look that's the most chilling thing because there isn't any they look snapped remorse or guilt or anything it's just like look look i showed you look what i showed you and like it's so gone it's fucking terrible yeah because it's like everything at that point is unbelievable. And so like their brains 
are not able to take in the information. You can see it. Yeah, because Anya's just like, it's a trick of the light. Yeah, trick of the light. Yeah, and you're like, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think That's so. what happened to this dude. And so they they drop the knife down. Like you can see in the video, they dropped this knife down in this pool of water that they're at, and the girls are freaking out. And they're like, no, 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 that's not real, not real, not real. Josie's losing it. Anya's. I mean, they're all basically losing it now after seeing this. Like, oh shit, is this what happened to these guys? They went insane. They didn't go insane. And so she was like, I guess that's part of the thing. But then they go downstairs, and this is also when Ventress is like, I'm glad you didn't tell them that that was your husband because we just watched that would have made cut some guy up and that would have been bad information to have beforehand. Mm-hmm. But they head down and Ventress finds where this place, this actually took place down in this pool area. And there's this, the thing about it is like, like Lana says, like it's nightmarish, but also Gorgeous. beautiful. Like mm-hmm. it's this beautiful art piece almost of like a human exploding into mutated plants mm-hmm. i suppose and it's so gory and horrible so you see the so guy whose stomach gorgeous. it was like basically like spread out but like his skeleton into like this like it looks like like those like dia de los muertos mm. do you know what i mean though like it's like gorgeous colors and flowers all around him now but it's also disgusting yeah and so but lena ever the scientist is like taking samples and like mm-hmm. let's get this okay and she's she really holds herself together amazingly well after this. She takes a minute where she like kneels by herself, but I'm like, man, you saw your husband do that and like look in the camera like that, like you'd lose your fucking mind. Right. And Josie finds the knife in the water that they used to cut and there she freaks out and she runs out of there. And so they also decided that they need to patrol this place, obviously, because the guys had a patrol. They found their old patrol schedule. And so they're doing split shifts and, um, you know, Lena's been taking samples like a good scientist and checking and she's looking and cells are mutating. She's looking and taking as she's taking samples and seeing what's happening. Um, and they're all freaked out now. And they're like, this was a suicide mission. This was crazy. Um, but they take their shifts and in the middle of the night, Lena goes out to go relieve Ventress from her night shift outside. But asks her why Kane came on this. She's like, you know, it was a suicide mission. Why did he take it? And, and Ventress never, she's one of those characters that kind of drives you crazy. Where like, she never gives you the straight answer. Like she'll talk around what you want to talk around, but right. she'll never get to it. But like a psychologist. Like mm-hmm. a psychologist. Yeah. My brother's yeah. a psychologist. Hi, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> Well, she says she thinks it wasn't a suicide mission. She said none of us commit suicide. Almost all of us self-destruct. Self-destruction is coded in our DNA, just like cells is what she says. That's part of us. So she's like, it's not like he was going to try to do suicide. It's that he felt this need to like push the limits and destruct this. But she does say, you know, things break apart like marriages in this very pointed way where you're like, okay, she knows. She knows their marriage was not great. So everything is out in the open. And then they hear a noise. Mm-hmm. And Cassie has come out and they're talking to Cassie and they see a hole in the fence and a big hole in the fence. But like they, a big gaping hole. And they're like, uh-oh, something is in here. Is in here. But where? We can't see anything. And they're mm-hmm. looking and looking and looking. And then it just snatches Josie, I mean Cassie, and gone. And, she, right, and then just snatches Cassie and is just out, gone. And you can just hear her, help, help me, help me, screaming, screaming, screaming as she's going away. All you hear. Just and it her is horrible pain screams. Awful. 
You're like, oh, and it just happens so quick. And it's that moment where you're like, you're Mm -hmm. half asleep. It's the middle of the night. And then it's just all of a sudden this is happening. And now the party's starting to split. Anya's starting to look. And Anya is not looking great. Starting to look a little weird, look a little angry. She's angry and antsy and like looking at her hands and like she's seeing her hands, her fingerprints move to her. And like, because we just saw all that stuff moving in that guy inside, we're realizing they are also like mutating now and falling apart. They're realizing that this is happening as Mm -hmm. well. And now, Anya and Josie are like, we need to go back. Like, this is, we're going to die. Yeah. Then- if we continue going forward. But they're also like, we already have walked for six days or so. We don't actually even know. Because we blanked out for part of that. Right. And so there's like two days to get to the lighthouse from by where, our, where we're at. So we got to push forward. Then when they're like, we've already had two attacks. Somebody's already dead. Like, if we keep going, we're going to keep dying. And Ventress is like, nope, we got to get to the lighthouse. Yeah. And okay. Lena kind of sides with her and then, they push so on. they keep on going forward and they find Cassie's shoe. And uh, Lena's like, okay, well, they want to go find, make sure that they find her body to make sure they know that she's dead, that she's not because out they there dying. Because they also think like, hey, what's going on? Like, what? what, what? Yeah, but they, they feel like there's lies happening right now too. But there's a there's a moment here when I think that Lena has a very aha moment. You have mm-hmm. these beautiful uh, white deer that she sees in a yeah. meadow and they have blossoms growing on their antlers like plants. And I think there's this moment where she's like, okay, animals and plants are being crossbred and like is starting to like really figure out what is happening here uh and finds cassie's body and she's throat torn out just dead as dead can but be she's at the bottom of a beautiful tree mm-hmm. so yep. it's beautiful and nightmarish right all at once um and so they end up going to a town which they had evacuated um mm-hmm. called villa perdue which mm-hmm. means lost city in french just fyi mm-hmm. um and josie finally realizes that the shimmer uh, prism is refracting everything it's mm-hmm. refracting all of their dna um all of the lights all of the sound equipment everything they have and so now everything is being diffracted indiscriminately plant animal what have you doesn't matter it all combines in here and they are all infected with it yep um, so we flash back to uh, the scene with uh, Dan again. So they have mm-hmm. these moments of, you know, because I think that this is part of why Lena has gone in is she's working out this guilt of what she's done because she had this husband she thought was, you know, he was gone all the time and all these missions and she made this mistake and the mistake caused him to enter this and die. And so like everything is weighing on this decision she mm-hmm. had made. Um, and, but we have this kind of, and again, this moment that where Lena is very, a very unsympathetic character where she can, mm-hmm. you know, Dan says like, oh, it's not you, me, you hate, it's you. And he's like, no, no, I hate you too. Like, I, I hate everybody. Yeah, she's like, over just it. Not interested in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's probably a lot of why she's, she's at this level as well where she could have gone on this mission. Totally. Where she's given up enough where she's like, okay, fuck it. Let's just do it. And like, right. what have I got to lose? Um, so then they find a house to stay in for the mm-hmm. evening um, and they're sleeping, but Anya not looking so good. This is where she really starts to lose it. And they're seeing these, these cre- these, these figures in the city that look like people, but they're plants, but they're plants, P- plants and people form. Yep. And so it's really, it's kind of like, again, we keep saying it beautiful and creepy, but it yeah. is totally beautiful and creepy because they look, do look like structures of humans and whatnot. So this is where she figures out that Lena is a freaking liar. So she, she, Headbutts her, her with a gun and they wake up Josie, Ventress, and Lena tied to chairs with gags in their mouths. And Anya is raving in front of them. 
And she is interrogating the hell out of them. And she, she has found the locket that Lana wears that has a picture of Kane in it mm-hmm. and now knows that she is somehow related to the gentleman who sliced that guy up before. Yep. Who could that guy be? And now is anything you told us the truth? Because now yep. we know you're a liar. We don't know what happened to Cassie. You say you saw a bear. We right. saw nothing. Right. Maybe you killed her. But then all of a sudden we hear the sound of Cassie's screams and voice. So Anya, delighted, runs, runs out outside. to greet it. It's not her. This it's that creepy bear thing. Fucking scene. With like no face now, but like, but it does because it's mutates so quickly. It has her voice in it and it's like, help me. help me. And you're like, oh shit. That's what that is. This scene. This, this is cr- a great monster. Creature. One of my favorites. It's like, a great monster. It was like the ritual monster to yes. me. Like how cool it was. Like I would just the, the, and, and again, remember I'm only hearing this when I'm watching it the oh, first shit. time, but like the, you have that voice coming, someone you love or someone, you know, and now their voice of their pain and their fear being Is used in your face, in your face in this, uh, to try to kill it's you. Got like a skeleton face for a face. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's got like not a face face. Yeah, and you're also great. tied to a chair. Yep. And gagged and bound. So cool. So uh, how are they going to get out of this? Well, it's a big mess. Anya's going to kind of sacrifice herself a little. Bit. <laughs> she's a bit fucked up. She's yeah. she's going to go. She's on the way out, so she's just going to take try to take the down bear down with it. But the bear gets her, rips her face off. Yeah, I'm like each Gina's face. Gina Rodriguez is dead now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Josie, who has been kind of a meek wallflower up and and this has all been too much for her, finally steps up to the plate and saves Lena and shoots the fuck out of that mm-hmm. bear. That's Tessa Thompson getting her badass side out for yeah. us. And I was like, yes, we know she got that too. Um, but and she also says that she thinks that like part of the bears, like part of her knew she was dying. Like the bear, her last dying thoughts go into the bear as she's yes. dying. So you feel that happening as you're dying. The care. Mm-hmm. Thing that's killing you is, be- is becoming you mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty fucking terrifying yep um but ventress ever the emotional one is like uh great let's go well let's go she's well, like yeah we gotta keep going and like takes the teddy bear that cassie had from her daughter on her backpack just like takes it checks it off like mm, don't care oh, i didn't even notice that part uh, I was just like, ah. <laughs> and Ven- but Ventress is saying like she's disintegrating. She's like, right. I can feel my body disintegrating. I they feel, said like, it's like early onset dementia. Like, yeah, there's no time. We just need to go. And so mm-hmm. she just leaves. She doesn't even wait for Josie and, and Lana. Right. Well, we also realize now too that we've been seeing cancer pop up around. It's because Ventress actually has cancer. Yeah. And so, so that's why we've been seeing like malignant tumors and things like that around because her cancer is spreading as well um, into this environment. So whatever you bring in. Whatever, I think that's what's really interesting about this monster too, is because whatever you have is going to make it worse too. So we, so this is when Josie's like, you know what? I can't, like, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. I'm just going to be part so of she this. She literally just becomes like one with the flowers. She's like, I'm just going to morph into these flowers. And she's like, these are pretty. I'll do this. Yeah. Because I think she realizes like if she presses on, you will confront, she'll confront another creepy, scary thing, or she could just kind of melt away yeah and i think she just chooses to like become one with the garden yeah well when you have to choose between getting mauled by a horrible bear or just turning into flowers turning into flowers doesn't sound so bad right and this is the first time in the film we actually see lana break down 
Like she, this is the first time she starts to cry and just can't stand it. And like really, mm-hmm. because now she's really on her own and she just has to push forward. She finally hits the beach and starts walking up to the lighthouse and these beautiful crystal trees that surround the lighthouse. This is gorgeous. It reminded me a little bit of Sweet Home Alabama, random, <laughs> where they had the gl- the lightning glass that like, mm-hmm. anyway, anyone who's watched that knows there's lightning glass that happens on the beaches ah, yeah. when um, a thing of lightning hits. Anyway, it looked a lot like those and they were gorgeous, like sculptures basically so this is that's beautiful on the outside but not so beautiful the rib cages and skulls that are outside that are lighting the beach Mm -hmm. of this lighthouse and you go in the lighthouse and you see the hole and you're like no no don't go in that hole that's the most horrible looking hole i have ever seen please don't go in that hole and you're like oh she's gonna go in the the hole hole. i mean you have to go in that hole because it looks like the most awful thing you've ever seen yes it's gotta uh, be done but uh before she goes in the hole there's a video camera that's been left in this room uh, and there is a, a corpse charred body that is over on the side and she's got to go take a look and see what that is. So when she pushes play, uh, she sees her husband. She sees yep. Kane and he is sitting down in front of the camera, say, hey, I'm uh, losing my mind here. Flesh is moving like liquid. I have no no mind anymore. And I'm just going to. I thought I was a man is what he says, too. But so he tells them, uh, says, hey, uh, go find Lana when you get out. And grabs a phosphorus grenade and blows himself up. Blows himself up. And then all of a sudden the cameraman walks over to the front of that screen. And he looks just like Kane, but not Kane. A little bit different. Uh, and so she's like, okay, well, that's like, knowledge- was he the prism? <gasps> Go in that hole. Uh, and Ventress is in that hole. She hears Ventress from the cavern. Mm-hmm. Who at the first time we see her has no face. Then has a face. Uh, and it's just, I thought it was like half her face was gone and the other half was still okay. She's like morphing into yep. something. Um, and she's blabbering kind About of gibberish. now this is a beacon now. It's the last phase, vanished into havoc, unfathomable mind, mm-hmm. and now beacon, now see. Mm-hmm. Which is actually Samuel Beckett from a novel, Malloy. Yes. Samuel Beckett. I was like, this is poetry right now. It was beautiful. Yeah. That well, is why. Because it's Beckett. We love Beckett. We do love Beckett. Um, and then she just says she doesn't know what it wants or unlike us if mm-hmm. it wants. So it's just something different. Yep. Uh, and then. And it won't stop until Annihilation. Annihilation. Title of the movie. Title of the movie. And then bursts into flame. I mean, yeah, she flames out light. and then turns to stardust. I put question mark or pure energy or something or a portal. But just kind of breaks apart into like small beams of light, which mm-hmm. then reform into this incredibly fucking gorgeous swirly light thing. It looks like those old candles from like the 80s and 70s that were like quadruple dipped or whatever. And Mm. they have like swirls on the sides. Yeah. But like as like a prism, that's what it looked like to me. Anyway, I was like, ooh, pretty. But Lena is drawn to it and it it takes a drop of blood out of her and now forms her. Another her in this crazy prism weird cavern place yep and she tries to shoot it which does nothing and just scrambles out and goes on to and like what this ending so now she's got a face-off moment and i was like what a crazy ending this is yourself and i was like she just saw her husband what happened with him so what's gonna happen with her and they try to face off and they fight and there's 
she hits it with the camera. And right. so like, then it comes for her and smashes her against the door to the point that it knocks her out. And they have this incredibly beautiful choreographed moment where they turn around in slow motion and fall to the ground mm-hmm. in perfect unity. Uh, and when she wakes up now, she knows what she has to do. She's got to grab a grenade like her husband did. Just how he got back. Sneak on over to this bag with this grenade kit in mm-hmm. it. Um, and touches uh, the her double. And when she does, all of her kind of goes into it. And now it looks exactly like her. And she just kind of inches away to the door and runs as it catches on fire. And now fire is introduced as an element into the refraction. Right. And is going to burn, burn everything, everything up to the ground. Right. So everything all of a sudden goes to ash and is consumed by fire, basically. Here's the question I have. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why was fire not introduced to the refraction the first time when, when he did used it? the grenade? Because he wasn't touching his prism. Okay. She actually so had a hand-to-hand contact with okay. it. And they both touched it. And so since they both did it together, I think it's different than if it just happened. I do wonder, though, I guess, yeah, part of the science on that, too. But I think it's because they had contact together and she specifically was like, you need to walk around and like set this place. So her like refraction, like walked through and like set all the fire and kept it moving and kept it going. And now this whole place has gone into fire. But she says that she doesn't think that it was aggressive it was only attacking her because she was attacking it because mm-hmm. it was a mirroring thing and says that mm-hmm. she didn't think that it was destroying anything it was just changing it into something new so it wasn't a malevolent force it was just something it was a more force mm-hmm. a more force more force <laughs> um and then we get her reunion with kane yep who had mysteriously woken up and gotten a lot better since that shimmer went that away. Shimmer went away, and he seems okay now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Is it him? Is he a prism? Is she a prism?" And they hug each other, and then you get a little close up in their eyes, and they both have a little shimmer in their eyes. They do. So here's a question for you: Yeah, are they both? Is it a thing? Now. I've seen this movie several times, and so I've paid Mm -hmm. close attention to very small details. And one of the details I've noticed is that you don't see the shimmer into her eye until after he hugs her. So was was she actually Elena, and now he just infected her again because he's the prism and he hugged her? Or was she out? Did she take it out with her? I don't don't know. Great question. I will not know the answer to that question. But wouldn't his test come back weird? If he was in the hospital all that time, his and tests like, were already all weird. They were all fucked up because he was supposed to die in his insides, and all of a sudden he was okay. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she cured it. Maybe with the, with burning down the, the the rest of the shimmer that was out there. Who knows? It's an ambiguous ending, but we mm-hmm. do know the human race is doomed, which is the best kind of ending that you could have. Pretty much always. This movie for me hits all the bases. It's got incredibly gorgeous effects. It's got a great cast who gave incredible performances. It's about badass ladies kicking ass, taking names, and just it's smart and scary and awesome. It's beautiful, too. Like, really, really pretty. So, gore factor. Mm -hmm. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, it is a puddle of blood. Three, is enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, is a bathtub of blood. And five, is run for the barf bag. And we gave Annihilation a five 
Run well, for the barf bag. Yeah, mostly just for the, the guts uh, moving and uh, stomach being cut open. Yeah, when you That's cut somebody, five. when you cut someone's stomach open, he was also mm-hmm. like coughing up blood in the beginning, and like it's just there's a lot of weird shit that goes on too. Yes, and it's like, a disturbing, yeah, it's a disturbing film, mm-hmm. and it's one of those ones like Alien or whatnot where it's that sci-fi horror crossover, and you're like, it's really both. It's definitely there's, both. Because I was when we decided to do it, I was thinking like, ah, is it horror enough for this? Then I was watching, it goes, oh yeah. That's definitely horror oh, it's enough. Horror enough for sure. The intensity and all of that too. Um, let's get to movie ratings. So, uh, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastic oracle. Um, I had a four point five written down, but I feel like after talking with you, it's a five. Yeah. Like, it's uh, so it's an all around five. I think so. Terry Ooh. Julia Gore. We don't get that too often. No. Gonna have to put Annihilation on the all around five. All around five list. Um, so if you haven't seen this movie, please watch this movie. It's so great, and we should be supporting cool movies like this in the future. Um, and please check us out on our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, our Patreon. We have lots of really cool little tidbits and goodies coming your way. Monthly newsletter. Yes, through all that. There. And bonus content every month. And next week, we're going to be changing gears just a little from Annihilation. <laughs> like completely. <laughs> to 1985's The Stuff. What's it about, Julia? It's about a creamy dessert product that uh, kills you. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we'll that see you exactly then. like Annihilation. <laughs> I mean, it's not a dessert product, but okay, no, it's nothing like Annihilation. <laughs> no, I can't wait. No. <laughs> we'll see you guys next see week. See you next week for The Stuff. <laughs>